you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Being happier and a better sex life? Isn't that what we all want? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about this week on Queer Money. 61% of us report being extremely happy and 47% of us less likely to fight when we do this one thing. Wonder what it is? Well, we've got Sam Schultz on the show this week, and he's going to share with us the results of a study conducted by HoneyFi, an app that helps couples do better with their money. They've surveyed 300-plus LGBTQ people who are in relationships. The stats they found about our financial habits and happiness and our sex life will completely surprise you. Before we start the show, please click the share button on the app you are using to listen to the show and share it with this episode, because come on, who doesn't want to be happier and have a better sex life? So let's dive in. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Welcome, Sam Schultz of HoneyFi, co-founder of HoneyFi. Sam, do you mind sharing with us a little bit about your background and who you are? Sure. So as you mentioned, my name is Sam Schultz. I actually live in San Francisco. I'm co-founder of an app called HoneyFi, which is an app that helps couples manage money together. And you know, we're live in both app stores. I used to be an attorney at a big law firm and left because I was advising a bunch of startups and realizing that seems like a more fun job to have. <laughs> <laughs> so being an attorney wasn't as fun as you expected? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was fun until it wasn't, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. We've been there. Yep. <laughs> David just left his W-2 job too, and yesterday, in fact. Yes. Uh, Today is so... my first day of financial independence, retire entrepreneur, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully people don't refer to it as fun employment. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And so, so HoneyFi, do you mind elaborating a little bit on, on what the app is and how couples and individuals can use it? Yeah, absolutely. So to use HoneyFi, you link your accounts similar to something like you would for Mint. And then the difference is we allow you to decide how much you want to share with your partner. So you can share transactions, balances, neither or both. So you and your partner both have separate login accounts. And a big part of it is allowing you to control how much you share with your partner and creating some accountability for you and your partner by giving you both separate stakes in it. And then from there, we try to help you manage your day-to-day finances. So doing stuff like creating a budget and tracking your spending. And then we're also helping you doing some of those longer-term financial stuff like navigating life events and saving for goals. And it's a wonderful app too. David and I have been using it. David, maybe a little bit more so than me because he's more of the numbers geek than I am. <laughs> but um, it's a great it's a great resource and we're happy to have you on the show. I think excitingly, based on the reason that we have you on the show is you did a study that shows a strong correlation between couples who uh, are open and honest about their finances and the quality of their sex life. <laughs> well, quality, quality of their relationships in general, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and everybody wants a better relationship and better and more sex, right? So <laughs> we're excited to have you on. So do you mind elaborating a little bit too on the study that you recently did and why we have you on? Yeah, absolutely. So we did a survey of 300 LGBTQ couples about money and their relationship. And we were really just trying to understand how they communicate about money, work together on finances, and what their biggest challenges are with that, and, and also what their goals are with finances. So it came out, as you mentioned, with some pretty fascinating findings, some on happiness, some on sex life. 
and, you know, hoping to share that with you guys and hoping your audience finds it interesting and maybe even helpful. Absolutely. So yeah, just to let our listeners know, the, the, the study that uh, Honeyfy did on finances in the LGBT community, specifically couples, in the LGBT community is quite exhaustive. They have so much data that they pulled out. And as all of our listeners know, I love data, even though I'm not the numbers person, I, I love the data. And uh, so there was so much information that we actually decided to break this show up into two, where the first episode, the one that you're listening to right now, we're going to focus more on the sexy and positive side of the things. Fun stuff. Um, <laughs> but there were some, there was some data that came out from the study that is a little bit cautionary, some challenges that our community is facing. So we're going to cover that in a separate episode that we'll share with you here in the near future. To start us off with this particular show, what, Sam, were some of the, the biggest takeaways for you from the study? For me, one of the biggest ones was about communication. So it wasn't so much in the straightforward way you might expect it, like, oh, the more you communicate about money, the happier you are. It was actually more about couples who dig into the details a bit more and get into the nitty gritty, they tend to be happier. And as you mentioned before, have a better sex life. <laughs> so one of those examples would be, we asked couples about whether they have a household budget or a shared budget, and, and if they track and discuss it with their partner. And the couples who did have that shared budget and actually tracked and discussed it, they ended up being much more likely to report being happy and, and report having a better sex life. So the exact numbers were, if you track and discuss a shared budget, you're 81% more likely to report being extremely happy in your relationship, and you were 54% more likely to report having a great sex life. So two things I think we'd, we'd all want, <laughs> those couples tended to have. Yeah, there were also some other examples that I thought were interesting within that same theme of talking more about the details. So we asked couples about whether what their partner's credit score was, and the respondents who didn't know their credit scores were 30% less likely to report being extremely happy and 15% less likely to report having a great sex life. It was interesting to me how much of a correlation there was there because it even just knowing your credit score puts you in a better position to actually have a good relationship with your partner. Because if you compare the respondents who didn't know their partner's credit score against the respondents who knew their partner's credit score and knew it was bad, the ones who didn't know did worse. They reported being happier less often and having great sex life less often. So I just thought that was pretty fascinating. So Sam, I, I love this. <laughs> I'm just like John. I love the numbers and I love the, the information that we can glean from the numbers. This whole idea of talking to your partner about your finances or talking to your partner about your credit score, it seems like the more you talk or the more you share, the more you are working on these things together that there is an increase in defining yourself as being extremely happy, that you fight less, and that you have a better sex life. And then, of course, the other end of the spectrum, the less you share, the less you talk with each other, the less you share uh, your financial responsibilities, it seems you're more likely to say that you don't have a good sex life, you don't have the the relationship that you want to have. And I always kind of have to ask this question of whether it's causation or correlation. <laughs> and John and I kind of got into that a little bit. <laughs> what are your thoughts? And then we'll share ours. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question. I mean, you know, it's hard. With this much data, you have to be careful about, you know, seeing sort of cause and effect when there isn't. But I think with this, there was enough consistency with the numbers and across uh, certain fields and not across others that to me told like a compelling story about what was going on. 
So you, you weren't just seeing like, hey, if you talk about money alone, the more you talk about it, the more happy you are. Because it wasn't that straight of a correlation. It was actually stuff like budgeting, knowing each other's credit score, divvying up finances more evenly tended to lead to more happiness. To me, it was all of these factors that suggested, hey, you guys talk about money and you talk about it in detail and fairly regularly that led to in significant increases in happiness. And you know, when you look at it against like income, it wasn't as high of a correlation when you look at it across certain other factors where if it was just random, you wouldn't expect the numbers to be so high. So that to me was pretty convincing that it was more than just correlation. Yeah. John has a thought on to, as to whether it's correlation or causation. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was leaning more towards correlation, but I'm wondering now that based on what you said, if it is more causation, David doesn't seem to care. <laughs> he said it doesn't matter. You should just follow what successful couples do and you'll be successful. But I wonder if maybe you are right. And if if you're not talking about your finances, if you're not collaborating on budgeting and trying to achieve a mutual goal together, there's a good chance maybe you subconsciously, at the very least, know that things might not be positive for you financially. So not talking about it kind of just exacerbates that problem, even though you're ignoring it. And if you're talking about it with somebody, regardless of your income, regardless of what your credit score is, the fact that you're talking about it might make it seem like it's more of a team effort and you're kind of working on improving and getting the situation better together. Right. Yeah, that's kind of was my thought is, I don't care. <laughs> I want to be happy and I want a better sex life or I want a good sex life. I have, I have, I have a good sex life. Anyway. What are you saying? Hey. <laughs> but I don't care whether it's causation or correlation. If this is something that successful couples are doing, and I'm defining successful couples as people who are happy and have a good sex life, then why wouldn't I want to do something that they're doing? If we find out that, that uh, happy people eat strawberries every day, then why wouldn't we eat strawberries every day? You know, unless you're allergic to them, you know, but it, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter. But I think one of the, the data points that I found so kind of almost funny about this was the one that over 14% of those who don't have a budget and don't talk to their partner about their finances, they also decided that they didn't want to tell you about the quality of their sex lives. So it seems like the people who are less inclined to share may be less inclined to share in other aspects of their lives, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, that is, that is an interesting one. I mean, yeah, and part of, part of why I think there's something going on here, there's a there there, is because, well, I used there three times in a row. Uh, <laughs> you, you win. I was, I was quoting someone, but I didn't mean to add the there in front of it. Anyway, so... Yeah, I think it's both how strong the numbers are. So when we, you see the stats, like 81% more likely if you track and discuss a budget to report being extremely happy, like that's a very high correlation. And also, like it makes sense to me with a lot of the other stuff you see with finances and sort of the more anecdotal evidence, but still evidence in my mind, like the people who are willing to share more in relationships, whether it's you know sharing stuff on a survey, maybe being more comfortable about sharing information about themselves. I think that helps in your relationship. It certainly helped in my own. You know, I think when my wife and I were sort of more vulnerable with each other, even if we're having those uncomfortable conversations, if it's about money or something else, we tend to come out of it stronger and like trusting each other more. And I think 
in my opinion, I suspect there's that there's something like that going on with money, where when you can have these uncomfortable conversations that are difficult and stressful, you come out of it feeling better and feeling better after the that kind of argument. I think you know you're going to be happier. You're probably going to accomplish your goals more because you're going to be feeling better about yourself. Right. Right. Well, there's a lot of studies to show that just simply being honest with yourself and with your partner improves the quality of your life. And I think the same thing happens with your sex life. I mean, if you're afraid to tell somebody what you want to do sexually and you never get the option to do what you want to do, then you might list your sex life as not as great as it could be. Whereas if you're completely open and honest with your partner and say, I like to do X, Y, Y, and Z, and you get to do that, then you're probably more likely to say, hey, I love our sex life. <laughs> right. And I, I think that one of the other things that uh, we've, we've mentioned several times now is this idea of being honest. And when you're honest and you tell your partner what it is you want to do with your money and you get to do something together, when you achieve goals, you celebrate. And when you celebrate, you're happy. And when you're happy, you're more inclined to want to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to celebrate. <laughs> right? I mean, depressed people and angry people typically don't want to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah. So this... Yeah, it has like a halo effect on the rest of your life. Right. Right. So it kind of reinforces what you and I have been saying all along. You don't necessarily need to have the same financial goals and objectives as your partner or spouse, but if you can at least support each other. You can't support each other if you're not actually talking about what it is you're trying to achieve or what your goals are, and you certainly can't help each other get there if you're not talking about it. But if you are talking about it and you can support each other, regardless of whether that is a goal that you both want to achieve or it's an individual goal, you're much more inclined to be happy and much more likely to actually achieve that goal. Yeah. I would think. So the other thing that I liked, Sam, that you discovered was, I think you might have solved this age-old question, and David and I get this all the time. <laughs> you know, Should my partner and I combine our accounts? Should we combine our assets? And it's, if, I'm, if I'm reading the data correctly, it shows here that 78% of people, couples who combine at least some of their money report being extremely happy or very happy. Yeah, that's true. And that is actually significantly higher than those who keep their finances completely separate. So the ones who kept their finances completely separate, I think were 50% or a little bit under 50% likely to report being extremely happy. I do think it indicates you know, that combining finances has some benefits, but I personally like, I think it's a little more nuanced in that I think some of it reflects sort of the current or what's been the options for couples for a long time. So I think in the past, your options were basically, if you have separate finances, you, you don't really have tools that you can really like collaborate on money together. Mm -hmm. It's really just like the, your only option is getting like a joint account. And for a lot of people, especially couples who are getting married later in life and have more assets and debts, that's not something they're interested in doing. And so I think as stuff like HoneyFi and other tools come out there that let you actually work together, even if you're not combined, I think the, the couples with separate finances might start catching up a bit because I think it's mostly like when you keep your finances completely separate, it's just hard to work together on finances. Mm -hmm. And so if there are tools that are built that help you, even if, you're, even if you don't have your money in joint accounts, if there are tools that help you actually still work together, then I suspect you know, you'll start seeing those numbers even out more. Mm. Right. You know, the other thing that I love 
about your app is that it allows you to do it in a progressive manner. Because like you said before, it was either almost an all or nothing thing with most of these apps today or the tools that we used before with spreadsheets or just sitting down with statements. It was almost an all or nothing thing. And you can invite your partner, your spouse to use Honeyfy, but then you still have some controls as to how much they see or how much you view of theirs, right? Yeah, exactly. We thought it was, we think it's important for each partner to be able to control whether you're sharing the balances or transactions for each account. For a lot of couples, that is important, but you can still see everything of your own in one place. I was just going to say that it seems to me that it lends itself to collaboration. And that is, that's, I think collaboration is that is one of the keys that helps health couples stay healthy is that they're working on something together. They have some similar common goals. Whether it's paying the rent or buying a home or saving for having a family, they get to collaborate and you can see that kind of joint collaboration in the tool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the interesting findings from the survey as well, where we asked couples about how they divvy up the financial duties in the relationship. And the couples who were more evenly split, who said they split the duties evenly they were a lot like more likely to report being extremely happy. It was 61% more likely. Also, less likely to report fighting about money every month. They were 47% less likely. So it was just interesting to see how it seems like the couples who sort of find a fair way to break up the financial tasks tend to do better. Well, it kind of supports, you know, we know with the top, I think it's the, one of the top three reasons why people get divorced is because of their finances. If you're not talking about your money, if you're not collaborating on your financial goals, there's a good chance that you might not be succeeding at your goals and hence the divorce. And we know from our own example, David and I, our story is that we paid off $51,000 worth of credit card debt together. And I think we can both agree that we wouldn't have achieved our goal of becoming debt-free at least as, as quickly as we did if it wasn't for the fact that we did it together. Right. It was a team that we both finally said, okay, we're, we're finally done with this. We're going to pay off this debt. We're going to do whatever it takes to get out of debt. And that was great because there were times when I was weak and David was strong and vice versa. The times that we were both weak together was <laughs> went down pretty, pretty bad. But for the most part, we were working in a positive trajectory. And to me, that's what this, all this data is showing is that if you're able to collaborate and be open and work as a team on it, the better for you. And it's great that Honeyfy has the option on its app to allow you to that progression of how much you want to share and collaborate. Because if you're a newer couple a month in, you might not want to be so open about everything. But if you've been together for a couple of months or a few months uh, or a couple of years, you might want to start sharing more and more. And that's great that you can you allow that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's totally true. And I think you see when couples work together in a lot of different areas, they tend to be more successful. I know I've seen studies showing that when couples work out together and have exercise plans together, they actually tend to you know, <laughs> hit their targets more too. It seems like it happens in a lot of places. So it's like that support system. And it's like having a workout buddy too, even if it's for finances, like having someone else, like you said, be weak when you're strong, like super helpful. Having that like sounding board when stuff's going wrong is just like, to me, invaluable. Right. You know, you made that comment and it I wonder if it's the benefit of the progress we've made in our society at this point, where even for straight 
couples. Uh, you know, we're no longer getting married because the woman needs somebody to take care of her. Uh, we can actually get married, you know, and gay couples, same-sex couples can now actually get married. So now we have the opportunity to actually marry someone that we'd like, <laughs> hopefully, even, hopefully even love, and hopefully you have a lot in common. And it's the more collaborative you can be in all aspects of your life, maybe the more successful that relationship will be and the more successful you will be in different components of your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, when you are ignoring a problem or, you know, you don't have a target in mind, you're going to probably not hit it. So I think having that support system and having that you know, structure of someone else to talk to about your goals and your problems is like it's just crucial, yeah. <laughs> especially especially with a taboo topic like money. You know, I feel like it it tends to get pushed off. It's easy to procrastinate on it, but if you, the sooner you can get started, I feel like you know it's just so much better for both of you. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna kind of pull out some data numbers here because I think that some of you may be thinking, oh, well, you guys are talking about all those successful gay people who are always happy and they have everything that they want. And what's interesting is the data that Sam was able and Honeyfy was able to glean from these 300 people was interesting. They're not all gay. Roughly 24% are gay, 43% are lesbian, 34% are bisexual, roughly 3% are transgendered. And then our relationship spectrum, 63% say that we're married 9% say that we're in domestic partnerships, 4% in civil unions. So it's it's a broad group of people. But the other the interesting thing is the income spectrum was identified here that there are a number of us in that group who are earning roughly probably about 63% of us are earning more than the average household. So we are earning a little bit more, but the, there are individuals who are at that lower end of the spectrum. And so it's interesting as we talk about, definitely we'll get into this in the next episode, but we're going to talk a little bit about the impact that our spending habits are having on our relationships and how we can achieve this happiness and a better sex life with our spending habits as well. So I love the fact it wasn't just one, a very narrow demographic. You know, I think that a lot, oftentimes people look at cis white gay males as being successful because that's what we see on TV. So that must be what all of gay America is like. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And I love that you took a broad look at a variety of different couples in the study. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was interesting to see also some of the parallels with a previous study we did on just couples generally. So it included LGBTQ, but it didn't focus on, the, on on LGBTQ couples. And, you know, there were similar trends there with between happiness and talking about finances. And so we, yeah, we definitely tried to get a representative group that, you know, can actually reflect what's going on and not just what's going on for couples that are sort of earning $150,000 a year and, you know, no debt and feeling great about themselves. Right. I mean, great for them, but that's not, you know, that's not the norm. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the two demographic data points that surprised and me and gave me hope was one, that so many of us in the LGBT community are listing ourselves as married. I think that's pretty fabulous. And I know we, we had a discussion offline about whether people were actually legally married or they just considered themselves married. One of the, one of the points that I wanted to add is 
if you're not legally married, you cannot take advantage of the Social Security spousal and survivor benefits. So if you are of the demographic where you consider yourself married or you're, you happen to be common law married, that would not qualify you to those Social Security benefits, which we've talked about in a previous episode. It can, could provide you a lot of financial security if anything should happen to you or your partner. But the other thing that I, I th- thought there was a great opportunity is that there were so many respondents who did say we have an average higher annual income than the average household in the US. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there to address some of the concerns that we'll discuss on the next episode about debt and other financial struggles. So Sam, let me ask you, if I am in a relationship and my spouse and I or my partner and I are not talking about money, are not combining our financial strategies, what would what would be a good first step? If I wanted to use the Honeyfy app, what would be a good first step? What can I kind of expect would happen? So a good first step is, you know, signing up and you can maybe share one credit card with your partner or maybe not your main account if you don't want to, you know, share all of that with your partner. And for the other accounts, you can just mark them as private and you'll be able to see those, but your partner won't. And that way you'll sort of get started with the process of like talking about money and thinking of it as more of a team sport. And then from there, you know, it's it's been interesting to see how some of the couples who got started a little bit hesitantly really got going with it. Oftentimes in relationships, there's one person who's more of the finance person. We talk to our users every week and we interview them. And again and again, we hear those partners, we call them the house CFO. We hear them say like, how surprised they are to see that their other their partner ended up becoming a lot more involved once he or she had their own account. And we have stuff like you can comment on transactions. So that's helped a lot of couples identify <laughs> transactions that shouldn't have come in. Also give each other crap when maybe we went to Wendy's for the third time this week. Um, but I think, you know, just having you know, sort of opening those channels of communication about money and making it less like we can never talk about this is a helpful first step. And then, like you said before, it's progression. So you can, you know, you can update your settings when you want to actually start sharing more. And you might be surprised if you're the house CFO, I suspect you might be if you're listening to this podcast, you know, that you might start seeing your partner getting more involved and that could encourage you and help you both. Well, I think David is excited because he just got a promotion to CFO. <laughs> but I will say that the queen trumps the CFO. <laughs> so don't get too high on your horse there. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good day for David. <laughs> yeah. so, so where can our listeners find out more about HoneyFi, either in social media or anywhere else? Yeah, you can check us out on either app store, so the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Or you can also go to honeyfy.com and we're on Facebook and Twitter. So feel free to check us out on any of those places. And it's honeyfy, so honey and then F-I. Gotcha. And like we said to our listeners, David and I are actually using this. David, like I said, more than me, but he's been very impressed with it. So definitely check it out. If you do check it out and you have any questions, comments, feedback, and you want to reach out to us about it, please join the Queer Money Facebook group. Or you can always connect with HoneyFi through their social media platforms as well as their website. So I think that about wraps it up for this first episode. Like I said, there's a lot of great opportunity here. 
And if you're looking to improve your sex life, maybe <laughs> start talking about credit scores tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that conversation is necessarily going to lead to a better sex life, but <laughs> or sex counter, tonight. <laughs> yeah, a counterintuitively sexy topic. Yes, credit exactly. How, how big is your credit score? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very Alrighty. much. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was great. Thank you again, Sam, for coming on the show. We're data nerds, and we love the info that HoneyFi has shared with us. We appreciate that you spent the time and the money to help the LGBT community improve financially. Download HoneyFi today and start talking with your spouse or partner about money. You never know how it might end up, but this is for sure. You'll be happier, and you'll have a better sex life. Thanks again. Okay. We just serviced you, now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. (laughs) (laughs) Would help me if I had a personal chef made all all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The other end, I like the butts, so... (laughs) From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.